0: It's the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
2: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day.
2: What up
1: and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm James Rapine, excited you're here. Jake Lisko going to be here in about seven minutes or so, as I have segment one to myself today. So what we're going to do is dive into the news of the day, the most exciting, ecstatic, absolute best case scenario for Mackenzie Alexander. Then we're going to talk about what AJ Green had to say when he met with the media. We're going to dive into who didn't practice on Thursday and is it cause for concern? And yeah, we'll talk about Thursday's practice as well. All of that and more coming up on the Locked on Bengals podcast. But let's start with Mackenzie Alexander in a best case scenario. Mackenzie Alexander's father found safe, sound, healthy, and reunited with his entire family. I woke up to a text around 7.30 in the morning Eastern time, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was later reported by Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Uh, I know I had it. I believe Tom Pellicero had it. How great this news is as Gene Odney Alexander, in good health, was reunited with Mackenzie Alexander. So what does that mean for the Bengals? What does that mean football-wise? Well, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Mackenzie Alexander is back in Cincinnati in the coming days. And I know some of you will probably be concerned about the battery charge where he had to post that $2,000 bond. I don't think that's going to be an issue. In fact, given the circumstances, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't have to visit Florida for court reasons. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but I I think that that will probably be what his attorneys do. And I I know this process could be drawn out some. So I would fully expect Alexander to to return to training camp uh, at some point in the near future, return to practice as training camp ends uh, on Sunday, but return to the team. And and hopefully he can do that sooner rather than later. Obviously, he's going to pass through COVID protocol, but this is just great news. Right after disappearing on Monday, Mackenzie Alexander leaving Tuesday, getting arrested Tuesday night. Wednesday's weird. He spends all of Wednesday trying to get out of jail so he can help his mother and the authorities search for his father. And I didn't add how they found him. They found him when he walked up to the ranger station at the Kissimmee Prairie Preserve State Park at around seven fifteen in the morning on Thursday. My goodness. And I don't know the whole story. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if he passed out and woke up and didn't know where he was. I, I don't know. I, I have not seen any more as we record this. But what a great story, at least a great ending. Awful story. Great ending to this story, which seems like in 2020 we're getting less and less of. AJ Green also spoke on Thursday, and he had a lot to say, which isn't normally what AJ Green is right he's, he's usually a soft-spoken guy that doesn't say a lot but he praised the nba for postponing their playoff games he praised the teams in the nfl that didn't have practice and nine either canceled their practice or canceled scrimmages on thursday he said he understood why the Bengals were practicing and that leadership had discussed it I, I the the leaders in the Bengals locker room about potentially not having practice and he understood why they were having practice, but that the team was going to have a much bigger discussion in the coming days, uh, specifically Friday, all 80 players on the Bengals roster are expected to meet and talk about social and racial injustice in America. And Green also praised, and I asked Green about this specifically because I think it matters a lot when you're talking about a quarterback and a rookie quarterback and him leading the room. Joe Burrow outspoken on social and racial injustice as he is about a a lot of issues in America. Obviously, he has raised a ton of money for the Athens County Food Bank, not just his Heisman speech, but the Joe Burrow Foundation that he's founded that's helping hunger and helping poverty in Athens. What A.J. Green couldn't have had a more glowing review of Joe Burrow, Uh, he he praised him. And he said, look, that's what you want to see. You want to see that quarterback position step up because those are the guys that drive our league. It speaks volumes, especially to the guys in the locker room. You really want to rally around guys like that who are speaking up. And not an African-American male. Being a white male, he's speaking up for what we're trying to create. When you have a guy like that, you just want to rally behind him. And that's just another example. We talk about it on the podcast, it seems like, every day. Joe Burrow's leadership, what he brings to the field. In this case, what he brings away from the field. How he's earning the trust of a guy in A.J. Green who is 32 years old. uh, A 10-year NFL veteran. He's been around the block a ton. And he had nothing but praise for Burrow. Also went on to say that he thinks he's going to be great for the next 15 years in the league. So, A.J. Green, number 18 really really likes Joe Burrow as the CJ Uzama and literally anybody else that comes in contact with him. So it's just another good sign. It really is. In given the climate and it is uncomfortable talking about, I think a lot of people you know regardless of your race are a little uncomfortable talking about this this subject and it's something that AJ Green even said he said, "Look, it's going to be an uncomfortable time when we meet on Friday." But something tells me the way Joe carries himself, it's just it's not going to be uncomfortable for him. He's just different in that way. And uh, even if it is uncomfortable, he will embrace that. And I don't want to get into uh, another Joe Burrow gushing session. I just think that's really important when you're talking about this is the guy that you're going to look to to lead this franchise for 10 plus years. And this is... I mean, think about everything going on from COVID-19 to the social and racial injustice movement, everything going on in America in 2020. And Joe Burrow seems cool as a cucumber, (laughs) just throws out a tweet. And in heck, I didn't read the tweet that Joe sent out. And it was something that uh, he's obviously been outspoken about these issues. He said, quote, how can you hear the pain black people are going through and dismiss it as nothing? How can you hear the pain and respond with anything other than I stand with you? And that was the tweet that I asked AJ about that got the reaction from Joe Burrow. So, or that got the reaction from AJ Green about Joe Burrow. And it's just, it, it's good to see. It's good to see that this team is on, hopefully on the same page. I think tomorrow's going to be a, a really important meeting, a plenty to dive into when it comes to to that in practice and who was available and who wasn't. But uh, l- let's bring Jake in here and we'll uh, talk about Thursday's practice, who wasn't there, what it means, and more. But first, a word from Built Bar because Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. It's the number one protein bar in the Rapine household and it should be the number one protein bar in your household because they have 18 amazing flavors. They improved- These flavors, and they're amazing, whether it's cookies and cream that you're looking for, maybe a caramel brownie, coconut almond, raspberry, peanut butter. They have something for everybody. And here's the best thing about Built Bar. Of course, they're affordable, and they're packed with protein, but plenty of bars out there can do that. They taste amazing, and they fit your macros. Low sugar, high protein, high in taste, you can't lose with Built Bar in their new and improved flavor. They were great before. I ordered them long before I hosted this podcast. And now you can save whether you're on keto, whether you're just trying to bulk up, whether you're just counting your macros, you can save money by ordering built bars right now. All you got to do go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You're going to get $10 off your next order. It's that simple. I'm raving about them. There are plenty in my pantry right now. Be like me, Go to BiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're getting it $10 off at BiltBar.com.
0: Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? All the way up to a 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Let's
1: keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals and welcome them in. Let's have a warm welcome for Jake Lisko. Thanks for showing up, man.
2: Can you guys hear him clapping for myself?
1: you're actually uh it it took you a segment and i'm gonna take the blame here it's because i'm in a little bit of a a a rush i'll say today so i'm gonna take the blame that's why you had to deal with me in all the first segment and not jake as well
2: you know what it happens though sometimes scheduling is a thing and and the people are used to it this happened all the time with with the previous co-host and it's happened with us as well and as the season gets going we might have more of this format, so I hope you don't hate it. Uh, and it's, it might be me for the first five minutes and then James coming in later. So we'll, we'll see how it all goes because James is going to be down at Paul Brown Stadium for those home games, especially. And who knows what that's going to do to us in a scheduling perspective. So it's just a warm up run, James. And, and we're, we're, we're acclimating the people to something that is sure to happen again in the future. It's training camp for us, too. As every media
1: member says when they make a mistake during uh, during training camp, and it's really, really silly to stay. It's really silly to stay. Oh my god,
2: really <gasps> silly to say. And you know what? I'm never going to cop to that because we're on five days a week, 52 weeks a year, except maybe in June when we back. You were back supposed to, to there's cut there's that none.
1: out. You were supposed you... to cut that out of me, and you didn't. You, you're no. supposed to. You're supposed to stop the podcast and cut it. See, th- this is Jake's payback. He's saying really silly to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of really silly to say.
0: Well, well we're
1: ha-
2: we're having fun hi, today on, on uh, the hey, Locked On Bengals podcast. You know who else had fun today? Kevin Huber. Well yeah. He he got used to
1: he got used in practice today. Uh Fred Johnson. Yep. Got a little right tackle, little right mm-hmm. tackle action.
2: Yeah, where's Bobby Hart today? He was in street clothes.
1: As was a lot of guys. Bobby Hart, street clothes. I see, here's the thing.
2: Did anybody notice? I mean, me as a Twitter observer of training camp, I did notice because people said that he wasn't out there at practice, but you were watching the practice. How did Fred Johnson do at right tackle today?
1: All right. From what I saw, which was like four team reps, because it was yep. all special teams today. I mean, it was, you know, I, there was a couple takeaways, um, or in by takeaways. I mean, oh, Burrow had a nice throw to, to Boyd, and Boyd dropped it. Had a nice throw to Uzama, back shoulder. Uzama caught it. Outside of that, eh. I mean, there really wasn't much when you're talking about from a, a team eleven on eleven or seven on seven perspective.
2: Yeah, it was a special teams day, and Zach Taylor said it was going to be a special teams day, and I asked James to pay attention to one thing for me today in special teams day training camp, and we don't have that answer because I it, failed and, you. I Well, failed you. no, here, here's what happened: is they put the they put. So, what I wanted James to pay attention to was who is a personal protector that's replaced Clayton Fedulam on the punt team, and. You know what? I've actually asked a lot of people this question who have been covering the camp in person. So you're not the only one, but they put the punt team on the opposite side of the field and James couldn't see it and also was watching A.J. Green working out on a side field with Joe Burrow because let's be honest, that's more compelling.
1: That's way more fun. And I, honestly, I forgot to. Well, like, I'm not going to lie. like I have binoculars and people have seen the lens I have on my... I could have figured out who the personal protector was. Well, I then
2: forgot. I'm going to have so to start sending me? you to camp with a little note in your lunch that That's reminds right. you of what I want you to look at for
1: me. Dude, if you make me lunch, I was starving at camp today. I was starving because we had a bunch of Zoom calls, and I'm not complaining. Best job in the world. A bunch of Zoom calls, and then I had to drive down to the stadium right away because they moved the, the practice up because of rain. So, mm. nuts. Nuts. But, yeah, um, they did so, work out on the side. And by they I mean Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, John Ross – AJ Green Green. yeah Yeah. and AJ Green and then Tyler Boyd joined them at the end there and I think it was pretty smart to do that one you're doing something instead of nothing because a lot of guys were just standing on the sideline when they weren't in on the special teams reps two all three of those receivers have missed significant time during camp
2: yeah it makes a lot of sense I don't know if there's really much to get into there but it's nice to see that the Bengals are using their time wisely and that Joe Burrows at least getting to talk to these receivers I'm sure they're talking plenty right? Like there's a lot that we don't see, but making use of their time. Nonetheless, who else was missing today though? We have Carlos Dunlap still not out there practicing and Joe Mixon also uh, reportedly suffering from migraines, which if if that's the case, I have a lot of sympathy because I just had one of those on Tuesday. And anyone who knows me knows that I've been complaining about it since then, because I'm still messed up from it here. We're recording on Thursday. So if it is migraines, Totally makes sense that Joe Mixon might be down, right? But what's going on with Carlos Dunlap? Not even out there?
1: Not even out there.
2: Neither one. So so Tom Pellicer
1: reported that Mixon's is dealing with migraines. Jeremy Rao, Fox 19, reported that he was at the dentist. Maybe they go hand-in-hand, hand, but he's at the dentist during practice, according to Jeremy Rao, who doesn't make stuff up. Maybe they go hand-in-hand. Hand. I don't know, but certainly worth noting. And, yeah, Dunlap not even out there. And I, I do wonder – given his comments earlier in the week uh, about social and racial injustice. Hmm. If that if that maybe was a part of it. I mean, he was really outspoken the other day. And nine teams canceled scrimmages or practices on Thursday. The Bengals opted not to. And Dunlap wasn't out there. I'm not saying that was the case, but it certainly could be. I think that's that there's potential for that to be the case.
2: The website indicates that aj green said the players had a meeting they got together and aj's quotes were pretty powerful too and maybe you already talked about all this when i wasn't here but he he kind of echoed what dunlap had to say with saying this needs to start at the top and they're they're okay with practicing today is kind of the gist of what green was saying as long as they're doing something and he made it pretty clear i think in his comments that he wanted to feel that support from ownership and from he even mentioned the general manager, I think, which I guess in, in in kind of semantics with with the Bengals. But I assume that's referring to the rest of the front office. Maybe not. Maybe it's just ownership that he's talking about. And some of the players
1: did. AJ did say it. some of the players did meet. But it wasn't everybody. And that's it's, something yeah. he wants. Yeah, he wants he wants everybody to meet and they're scheduled to meet on Friday. And I hope they do. Because this is the type of thing that can bring you together or it can tear you apart a bit, and especially if you don't buy, like believe that your owner is behind you. Like it's very easy – like for example, Dunlap not being out there, would it shock you if it was because they were practicing? No, it wouldn't I mean... shock me. And and, and so how does that hurt the team? Well, here's how. If Dunlap, who wouldn't have practiced anyway, I'm I'm just saying probably wouldn't have practiced anyway due to whatever minor injury he's dealing with. Let's say that's the case. Well, he could have helped some of these young defensive linemen. He could have been out there. He did it yesterday. I saw him on Wednesday do that and give pointers and and talk to guys and do things like that. So his presence still matters, just like AJ's did when he wasn't out there. Just like Joe's does, you know, if he's out there and and when he's not out there, that hurts the team. So it's just, it's worth noting. And uh, from a frustration with ownership standpoint, you just hope they can somehow get on the same page uh, on Friday because AJ made it sound like it was going to be basically a players only meeting on Friday. That could change, but uh, you you know, and, and honestly, I think it almost needs to change. So the players can be on the same page as ownership in the front office.
2: Maybe it's a player's meeting first. I don't know the other thing this could all be nothing right and And I don't know which way it goes here because it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dunlap was making a bit of a statement here. on the other hand, it was a special team's focused day, and if he's got a minor injury, maybe they said, you know what, just we'll we'll keep you in today you you there's not going to be a whole lot going on for the defensive lineman anyway outside of special teams and you're certainly not playing special teams at this point in your career, except maybe the field goal blocking unit. So it's fine. You you can stay in. So maybe it's something like that too. Uh, and and as far as the players only meeting, you know, maybe it's the players getting on the same page before they talk to ownership. Green did say that he thinks that coach, Ta- coach head coach, Zach Taylor is on board with what the players want to do. And he also said repeatedly, you know, it's it's about starting from the top, having uncomfortable conversations with the owners, the general managers, and making everyone feel comfortable. And you look around the league right now, NFL teams are putting out statements with tangible action items. I, I saw the Baltimore Ravens have a, a three slide Twitter post, essentially, that, you know, is not performative for, for everyone accusing these these athletes of taking days off as, as some sort of performative action that has no real punch behind it that instead says take action well the the baltimore ravens at least are one team that has gotten together and issued a collective statement recommending action so this is this is something that apparently is part of our sports world now and you 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 hear a lot of people say keep politics out of sports you have politicians talking about athletes you have athletes talking about politicians now it's going both ways so i I don't really know what else to say about it at that point but whether you do support it or not, this is part of our reality in sports now. And mm-hmm. I, I, we were going to talk about injuries for this segment and, and the special team stuff, and we did a little bit, but we went down this other path instead. And there isn't much injury-wise. We just don't know much about Dunlap right now. We don't know much
1: uh, about Mixon other than the report about migraines and the report that he was at the dentist. There isn't much else to say. Does it have to do with his contract? Does it not? I don't know. You know, we speculated about that on Wednesday's podcast. So the moment we have more on these guys, uh, we'll let you know. The other thing, J- uh, Jordan Evans is rehabbing, as well as Sean Williams. I think we covered most of it. If there are any other injuries to report, we can uh, certainly cover them uh, when we find out more. But there's one position on the Bengals that is deeper than the rest, and we're going to talk about that next right here on Locked on Bengals. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car.
2: All right, let's wrap up this episode and this week of Locked On Bengals. And remember, the Bengals have a scrimmage coming up on Sunday that we're very excited to cover, assuming that everything goes as scheduled. By talking about the position group that I just cannot wrap my head around, I cannot find a way to project a group that I'm 100% happy with, and that's the wide receivers. Because, and if you go read James on all Bengals, he thinks the Bengals are going to keep eight receivers, and I don't know if they've ever done that. And even if they do, they're not going to have eight receivers active on game day, even with a slightly expanded active game day roster this year. So the question is, if it's not eight, how do you figure out who those last guys are? John Ross, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, obvious guarantees. T. Higgins, second round draft pick, obvious guarantee. Auden Tate, superstar of training camp. I would say obvious guarantee at this point. Alex Erickson, very good training camp. Mike Thomas, very good training camp. Stanley Morgan continues to be a special team ace in a way that none of these other guys provide value in another phase of the game. And only three of these wide receivers are likely to be on the field at any one time. So if you know you've got your first four or five guys, then those last one or two guys on the roster, especially if they're going to be active, need to provide other value to the team. And that's where it gets really difficult because Mike Thomas played a lot of special teams in Los Angeles. Obviously, Alex Erickson has been a longtime returner for the Bengals in both punt and kick return. And Stanley Morgan Jr. showed last year that he is a very good special teams coverage player. And James, you said today even he had splash plays on special teams. And I imagine that sort of thing is... uh, maybe not the easiest thing to notice when you're watching special teams at the field level. No, it's not.
1: But here's why, here's why he made it obvious. One of the times it's not completely live. Like they're not hitting extremely hard or, you know, anything like that, but he had a stop and he screamed at the top of his lungs, pounded his chest and clapped his hands. He was so damn excited. And that's the, that's what you need on special teams. You need those guys that are enthusiastic about it and have the want to and the go get it type, right? I mean, that's that's what a lot of it is, is is the drive and the want to on something like special teams. Um, and he's obviously skilled and he's obviously talented. So I agree with you. The back end of the receiver room has to be able to do something on special teams. I think it's worth, worth noting Alex Erickson, obviously out there on kickoff and punt returns. And Stanley Morgan, we already noted how he's there in coverage. Mike Thomas didn't participate a lot in the special team stuff today. I believe he was out there a little bit, but I didn't see him out there much. He was on the side with some of the other players. I know William Jackson was next to him for a bit. John Ross, before he started walking through things with Joe Burrow. And that's why I have eight. Can you see the Bengals cutting Thomas? I can't. Not after he's been used with the ones through half a camp. He's one of Zach Taylor's go-to guys. A guy like Alex Erickson – is obviously going to get claimed. Yeah. I, I think it's, there's no way you'd be able to sneak him onto the practice squad with what he brings. And, and so maybe Stanley Morgan jr. But the moment these other NFL coaches look at what he did on special teams last year, he's going to get claimed too. So what I think the Bengals do, and, and I think this is kind of what teams should do this year is yeah, it's a 53 man roster, but who can you sneak to the practice squad? and, I don't think they can – they're probably not going to be able to sneak any of these receivers to the practice squad. So you maybe go one less at one one of these other spots. And uh, for example, we've talked about linebacker. I think five linebackers make sense and you sneak Marcus Bailey to the practice squad, which again is probably going to happen. He was a seventh-round pick and nothing has changed between now and – or between now and the draft or the draft and now. So I I think it – eight makes sense to me because I don't see how you can move on from any of these other guys. Maybe I'm wrong and you they, you know, they trade one, but I, I just don't see it.
2: I think the most likely scenario is actually that Stanley Morgan Jr. does make it to the practice squad. He was on the practice squad all year last year. He really doesn't add value as a wide receiver, and that would require another team to put him on the 53-man roster. right? So it would be another team that is desperately thin at wide receiver and needs a special teamer. So maybe a team like the New York Jets. I could, I could see something like that happening. Maybe, maybe even the, even the Giants, right? Who who dipped into the Bengals, cut wide receiver well last year, and it, it's it's a tough problem, right? But if the Bengals feel like they have other guys that can play that role on special teams, then ultimately what they're losing is is a special teams player. Because Stanley Morgan, at this point in his career, while he was highly touted as a college free agent, like a guy that was seen as a guy that definitely should have been drafted in that year's class by, by many analysts. I don't know that he necessarily still holds that value to other teams and to the Bengals. Like I said, they're not going to have all these guys active on game days. So you're going to have those first five guys we talked about active on a game day and -hmm. that might be it. So, so then the other, you're going to carry three wide receivers that aren't going to be active. I think that there are going to be some difficult decisions to make there if everybody gets to the season healthy. And even if they like them all, unless they can trade somebody, which is hard to imagine in a year with no preseason, then I think, again, they're going to be looking at very difficult decisions in this room because they are so stacked at the top and they have such interesting players at the back end. And the other thing with Erickson is he talked about the practice squad. What what if he just says no? He he's making three million dollars this year, right? Like he's just gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna take my chances. I'm not gonna take the practice squad assignment and I'll just go be a free agent. I don't know. I mean, you could see you could see veterans say that kind of thing.
1: Sure, but I I don't think it would I don't think he'd make it there,
2: is my point. <laughs>
1: if if you decided, oh, yeah. hey, he's you know, I, I just Those are the type of guys a team is going to take a flyer on. I mean, Erickson, you know, he's just he's going to be exactly where you want when he's supposed to be there every single time. He's not the best athlete or anything like that, but he's just he does his job Mm -hmm. and he's starting to flash a little bit over the past week or so, which he does does. every every year. Right. Uh, the, The other thing I want to mention, and this was asked on Twitter a lot, and I want to get to it. Damian Willis got claimed by the Browns. And there were a lot of people that were like, oh, man, did the Bengals lose out? He got claimed right away by the Browns. I don't know how Damian Willis, like maybe practice squad, maybe, but they're so deep at receiver. I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of these guys have made plays in camp. uh, And and I just I think they they probably asked themselves that, hey, do we think Damian's going to be on this practice squad? And they said no. I don't think they're missing out there. I don't think this, and, and I'm not trying to be mean to Damien. I just don't think it was a huge loss.
2: And it could be that they wanted to give him a chance too. Like they knew they didn't have a spot for him. We've seen the Bengals do this in the past, where mm-hmm. they'll let guys go try to catch on somewhere else in training camp. So, it could be something like that too. I just, man, how do they make this decision? You know, I,
1: I don't know. And the other thing is, I do want to give some love to the the back back end of the guys. DeMarcus Lodge had a really mm-hmm. nice touchdown a few days ago. I, I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Trenton Irwin led the whole team in gassers on Thursday, was number one on the team at, during two gassers that the team ran. What do you think about that? And Scotty Washington back on the field after uh, missing all of camp up until Wednesday. Or no, thir- Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday with uh, with a hamstring. So he number 14 back out there. He's got Andy Dalton's old number. We'll see what he can do.
2: What What do I think about that? Is that I think that he wants to make a practice squad uh, and he's trying to show that he's, he's gritty, you know, Cincinnati loves their Trent Irwin. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It, well, absolutely. The, it, and that's the reality for these guys. Like if you're lodge, you know, you're playing for the practice squad. If you're Irwin, you know it. Like just look at the numbers. I mean, even Scotty Washington, those guys aren't beating out Mike Thomas yeah. or Alex Erickson
2: like <laughs> or Stanley Morgan. Scotty Washington really bet on himself coming to the Bengals with, with the depth that they had in Cincinnati, but he, he could get a shot elsewhere. All these guys, the back of this, like I said, there's some teams in the NFL that are not deep at wide receiver. The, the jets currently desperate for, for somebody competent. And you know what? If, if I decided that I didn't need Alex Erickson, I'd like the rest of the guys on the roster. That's who I would call is I would call the jets and say, Hey, we got Alex Erickson. You want to throw us a fifth round pick? Give Sam Darnold somebody reliable this year? Because you got nothing right now. You got some boomer bust players.
1: That's what I was just about to ask you. <laughs> what would you what would you take for some of these guys?
2: Just a fifth, huh? I don't he, know. Yeah. He what he's a sixth wide receiver. What what do you really want there?
1: I I think I want Alex Erickson. I don't need fifth round picks, man.
2: He's not yeah. gonna be active until yeah. somebody
1: gets hurt. That's fine. Yeah. And you have a, a wide receiver room full of injuries.
0: They well, better ban the,
1: COVID, you know, COVID's always the possibility here. I don't know.
2: I, I, I would keep eight.
1: I, I would just, keep three running backs and, and eight receivers before I had four running backs.
2: Yeah. But if you go look at your roster projection, you also only have 23 defensive players. That's where you're giving up spots. You're not giving them up on the offense. You still have 25 players on offense.
1: Okay. Well, or maybe twenty six. I'll dial it back, Samaj J. P. Ryan. I'm sorry, my man. You're on the practice squad. Two running backs. Okay. Three. Oh, three. Three. Oh, okay. Sure. G. O. Mixon and and Travion Williams.
2: Okay. So you you forget about sh- Joe. He he had no, a
1: migraine, I, and you just forgot about him.
2: I thought I forgot about Travion. So what we're gonna do, James, is we're gonna we're gonna do a we're gonna do our fifty three man rosters maybe late next week. Can't wait. Because we're, we're about there. Fourth preseason game. Maybe just after the fourth preseason game would be normal. And that's, you know, a week from this weekend. So, we'll get into that next week. Until the scrimmage on Sunday. Day, And have a good one.
0: Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that...